Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hashtag not committed. Hey, welcome back to another edition of Not Committed. I am your host, Zach Barry, bringing you another rendition of the show where we dive into the ins and outs of recruiting as it pertains to Ole Miss. We are going to go heavy in the 24 class and then uh, a very peculiar and unique situation in the 25 class. Um, So who else to bring on the show than none other than my good buddy, Cody Belair of on three. You may know him as the uh, scouting and rankings guru for on three, but also uh, a guy that has carved out quite the niche in the NCAA football 14 space with uh, <laughs> everyone's Texas El Paso Miners. Cody, welcome to the show, man. How are we doing? Zach, you're my man, dude. I, I love it, dude. How, I'm doing excellent. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I am excited to get into this. We've got a uh, we've got quite the doozy. You asked me to send you a list, send, send you some folks to talk about. Um, so I went ahead and, and took that opportunity. We got uh, we got quite the list here to get into um i know you're all over the place you're 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 damn near seeing everybody in person uh so i think the listeners are going to be excited to hear what you got to say so let's start at the top and let's start with uh old mrs 2024 quarterback commit that is demon williams jr of basha arizona he will be at the elite 11 finals in la um i saw him at the regional and um as uh, I, I had an extensive interview with Brian Stump of Elite 11, and um, he kind of said, you know, hey, he really jumped jumped off the, uh, the proverbial page to us today. A lot of the stuff he does well, though, can't be showcased here in a camp setting because of his playmaking ability, elusiveness, all that. But in your eyes and what you've seen from DeMond Williams so far, uh, what do you think of him as a prospect? Yeah, man. I, I mean, you started, you hit the nail on the head, right? I mean, the Elite 11 deal, you know, that that only showcased us so much of the ability, right? And something that gets sort of glossed over at those events is, I mean, those cats do testing, right? So, I mean, at that camp, he ran a laser sub 4640, and he jumped a 32-inch vertical at that event. Plus, you add in the fact that he's got a documented 11, sub 11-1, 100-meter time, and he's got a 22-3-8, 200-meter time. So 
to say the kid's dynamic or athletic or that's an understatement in my opinion like he is top tier electric when it comes to the quarterback position so you know I would say that is obviously his defining trait at the quarterback position is he is creative he is a playmaker ideally you would love a little bit bigger stature you know maybe a taller player I think he's listed 5'11 close to that 170 175 range in terms of weight however the film is just flat out fun, right? I mean, he's one of those guys where you turn the tape on and you and you just sort of sit there and enjoy it for a little bit, right? He is extremely, extremely impressive escaping the pocket. He's got a really tight release that gets the ball up and out in a hurry. He can throw it from multiple arm angles and still maintain accuracy. The biggest concern I have really is just the upside perspective from an arm strength standpoint you can really see it on film when he has to push the ball downfield ball lacks a little bit of air underneath it and you can see it sort of when he escapes the pocket you know he's not able to get everything into his throws because he can't get his full body into the throw but again he is a dynamic player that can create something out of nothing and to me that's one of the most valuable traits you can have as a collegiate signal caller in my opinion I, I say this all the time and and you're in the scouting and rankings business so i'm sure the names are tossed around at the uh proverbial round table but you have to do comparisons you have to you know who who do they you know who's their comp like that's fun and and i always no question and i tell people all the time it's like well you're not going to comp someone to someone that was mediocre or average like that's no that's not fun but look (laughs) i and i talk to people who i've talked to damon williams quarterback coach and I talked with Brian Stump at Elite 11, and they both said the same name. And they said Bryce Young. And yep. similar in stature, similar in kind of how they play the game. To me, I think the one as, a, as an amateur scout and just looking at the body of work, the thing that jumps out to me the most with DeMond Williams is the production on the field. And right. in particular, what he did as a junior. I've written about it. I don't know if everybody has has seen that or heard it. But this is a guy that beat head-to-head Malachi Nelson and Dylan Rayola twice in one season. Right. So, exactly. To your point, I mean, the cat threw for 23 touchdowns and only had one pick on the year last year. Yeah. So Plus, he, combine that with his ability. He ran for over 700 yards, and he had five touchdowns on the ground. I mean, the guy almost scored 30 touchdowns with one turnover last year. Yeah. And, and you know – you laugh like, oh, so you're going to compare him to the Heisman Trophy winner and, you know, the number one overall pick. Okay, it's it's not a, you know, one-to-one comparison here. Like, it's no just... No question. Yeah, but, but like, Bryce Young was the same way. Well, the first time I ever saw Bryce Young in person, I kind of chuckled. And I was like, this guy? <laughs> but right. Not the, balls... the most physically imposing cat I've ever seen. I will definitely no. agree to that. But when the ball is snapped, he just makes plays. You cannot get a good... Now, we'll see in the NFL, but in college, you could not get a good shot on him. He was slippery. He was elusive. He knew how to move around the pocket and avoid the big hits, the big shots. Um, and I think DeMond Williams has has a similar game to him. He's very savvy. Um, I am interested to see the arm talent as a senior and, yeah. and you know, a you know, a whole offseason of prepping for, all right, this is my last go at it. Um, and getting ready for college and getting in the weight room and all that, because I do think there is a lot to like there with the arm. Um, but yeah, I, I, 
I think you have to ignore the height weight here and just look at what he's done. Right. And to your point, right, if we're talking Bryce Young comparison, I definitely see where what you're saying and with Brian Stumpf and all those guys, I respect the hell out of those guys and I respect the hell out of you. And I think you, you're you right in the sense of, like, the stature checks out, the ability to throw from multiple arm angles checks out. The thing that I think is the distinct comparison between the two, and you touched on it, right, it's the overall arm talent, the overall arm strength. I think the, the ability to push the ball down the field, throw an effective deep ball. I think Bryce Young checks that box more than DeMond Williams does. However, Bryce Young can escape and he can maneuver the pocket, whatever. DeMond Williams has legit home run speed. And I think that's something that more people you see. So when you say a comparison, right, and you say Bryce Young, you know, other shorter guys or, you know, not as tall guys like Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Mm -hmm. whatever, I think more – demand could translate closer to a guy like kyler murray or lamar jackson strictly from an athleticism standpoint the size Mm. sure right kyler short whatever thicker build however but when you talk about dynamic ability and the ability to create plays with his legs i think demand's closer to a guy like kyler or lamar than a Bryce Young or a Russell Wilson, in my opinion. That, to me, is the distinct difference between yeah. that comparison. Um, but I think you're you're totally right in terms of, like, when you just see him coming off the bus, you're like, oh, my God, that's exactly who it is. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned home run speed, and we'll stick with commits here in this first segment. Um, <laughs> I mean, home run speed is, you know, with a capital H here. Um, Raji Dennis – Yep. The uh, wide receiver from Edna Carr, which, by the way, uh, shameless plug here for uh, Algiers America on Hulu. Fantastic documentary. <laughs> no um, question. But Raji Dennis kind of shocked everyone. Memorial Day weekend, um, I just sat down on the front porch just trying to soak in as much of that, you know, 8 p.m., 72-degree uh, weather that we get here that doesn't last very long. It's already gone. Um, oh, yeah. and that, Houston and Austin are the exact same way, my friend. We're living in the same world. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's already turned in Nashville. Like, it's already full summer now. So, yep. um, but boom, commitment pops. A lot of buzz around Miami and Texas A&M. Um, I, I, of all people, and I don't want to speak for him because maybe he's holding out on me. I think Sam Spiegelman was even caught off guard, and, and he literally knows everyone in Louisiana. Yep. And, um, and so it shocks a lot of people, but man, you want to talk about home run speed, a 10 four in the hundred and a 21 zero nine in the 200 yep. um, would already be the fastest guy on the Ole Miss roster. If he was there today um, going up against Jeremiah Dillon, who was a uh, track star in Mississippi as well. The only, uh, <laughs> I haven't uh, talked extensively to Jeremiah about it, but we joked at one point where I said, you know, how was it being, you know, as fast as you were, but you were the second fastest guy on your team in high school because Jordan <laughs> Anthony was on the same track team who uh, who's now in the portal. Um, but uh, anyway, Raji Dennis, I, I love the game. I think it's a, um, as far as a ranking standpoint, I think it's a little bit of a, you know, what have you done for me lately? You, you kind of have to show me because he hasn't been showcased as much totally. in that, in that Edna yep. Carr offense. But I mean, dude, you want to talk about turning on a tape and just kicking back. He's a lot of fun. No question. I mean, dude, it's like you read off my notes, right? I mean, I put freak <laughs> athlete top end speed is outrageous. Ran sub 10-3 in the 100 and sub 21 in the 200. So kudos. Dude, you don't give yourself enough credit on the scouting end, man. You got to toot your own horn a little bit there. <laughs> um, I, can, I can read no, numbers. I mean, no question, right? <laughs> but 
See, and like a lot of people can read numbers. It's about diagnosing and having context to those numbers and you get it, right? So to your point, all right, I mean, the kid's electric, right? I mean, we can't say that enough. Freaky top end speed. He's got a leaner athletic build, right? But he's the definition of a juice guy. Great change of direction. Awesome start, stop start ability. He can burn defenders over the top. My only issue is he tends to body catch the ball a little bit. You know, maybe not mm-hmm. a true X type of wide out, but to me, the the athleticism jumps off the screen. To me, he fills an immediate role as a Z or a slot type guy at the next level. I think he's a plug and play guy on the interior of an offense. Yeah, I, I talked with with Sam about him, and he, you know, he said he's kind of headlining the senior crop in in Louisiana, and even though he doesn't have the on field production um, because of you know, not being a focal point of that offense at Edna Carr, he's already just really come onto the scene in spring games. Um, they're using him a lot in gadget plays, into rounds, and all of that. Uh, as an as an as someone who covers Ole Miss, it's hard not to look at oh, like Elijah Moore, um, right? With how how dynamic? But Elijah Moore is probably at this point in his career a little bit better route runner, and yep. um someone that was more accustomed to that position, but that's not to say that, that Raji Dennis can't get there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he brings a very unique and important element to the offense. Absolutely. And dude, to your point, I mean, you talk about Elijah Moore, right? Elijah Moore and his route running ability. He was so refined out of high school. He's maybe one of the more impressive guys I've ever seen when it comes to getting in and out of his breaks and setting up defenders. However, the thing that gets undersold about a lot of route runners, especially at the collegiate and NFL levels, those guys are still top-tier athletes. So you still have to have that tool in the bag in terms of essentially scaring, you know, that's a sort of a layman's term for it, but you scare defenses with your top-end speed, and that allows you to open up stuff underneath and intermediate levels of the game. And for Raji, it's just a matter of, of learning the tricks to the trade, right? Like he may not be a polished route runner right now, but he mm-hmm. has the physical and athletic traits in order to learn how to be an effective route runner. And that's one of the most important things you can have coming out of high school. Lane Kiffin has done a really nice job over his career at all different stops where he he's he said as much in interviews and he's mostly, you know, in a you know, big picture sense is what he's using the term for, but you know, we don't, we don't put ourselves in a box. We create a new one. That's kind of how he does offensively with whoever his playmakers are. He, he kind of caters the offense to them. We saw that in 2020 with Elijah Moore, they just fed him the ball. Um, He did it at Alabama with Kenyon Drake and Amari Cooper and all those guys that they had there where it was just kind of, all right, who's the best guy who's the most explosive athlete where I can expose yep. a mismatch. And then I'm going to just hammer you until you figure it out how to stop it. Right. Um, and I do to your, I mean, to your point, Zach, the biggest thing you talk about a lot of those receivers, especially had a, a Bama like Henry Ruggs and Jameson Williams and uh, Mari Cooper. And a lot of those guys, there are a lot of, all, all those guys are vertical threats. Right. Mm-hmm. And to the point about hands catching and body catching and all that stuff, And you notice it with a lot of those guys when they go to the NFL, you know, they have some struggles with drops and maybe some contested catch stuff. But I tell you what, it's really easy to catch a football when you are wide open. And those guys are absolute units when it comes to getting wide open. And at the collegiate level, you can do that way more often than the NFL level. But in terms of for Ole Miss's perspective, 
you really like what you're getting out of Raji in terms of getting open. All that kid has to do to reach his ceiling is learn how to get in and out of breaks effectively and maybe use his hands a little more often. But, geez, when it comes to explosive home runs, that kid's got it in the back. He 100% has it in his toolbox. There's one place and one place only to go to get everything you need for your grill, and that's LB's Meat Market. Located at 2008 University Avenue across the street from Kroger, Greg Jones and his team have been putting out some of the best protein for over a decade. Go check them out now. The Lane Train specials are still two for $20 on Sunday and Wednesday, and they have a new special, the Bianco Bomb. It's a 10 ounce bacon wrap filet, $25 all day, every day. You can go check them out, 2008 University Avenue. Tell them that Zach sent you. Go check out the freezer. They've got things on sale. Go check out what they got in the glass case each and every day. Greg and the folks over there will take care of you. That's LB's Meat Market. As I always say, Arby's, no, 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 no. They don't have the meats. LB's has the meats. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. Where can you get good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates? At State Farm, because State Farm agent Davis McCord is your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. State Farm agent Davis McCord is ready to help. Call 901-755-6110 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back here on Not Committed with Cody Belair of On3. All right, Cody, we're going to run through a couple of key targets for Ole Miss in the 24 class here. Uh, Let's start with one that you're going to see here shortly uh, in Baton Rouge at LSU's camp. Anthony Robinson, the safety out of Destrehan. Uh, Pete Golding, as soon as he got hired, he started going out and, and, all right, these are my priorities for the 24 class. I'm going to just hammer it until I get them committed or they commit somewhere else. Anthony Robinson was on that short list. Ole Miss seems like they're in a good spot there with him. Notre Dame is battling with them as well. How do you see him fitting into the college game um, right now as a uh, rising senior? Yeah, Zach. So, I mean, Anthony Robinson, the thing that you fall in love with when you turn his tape on is he's the definition of a football player, right? With a lot of these prospects and stuff, you turn the tape on or you look at the measurables and you go, oh, man, he's really good looking kids, got the body types, got the length or, you know, they have track times that really stand out for you. And you see the speed with Anthony Robinson. He is just an absolute football player, loves contact. He's a physical specimen. He's closest to the ball extremely well, gets ball carriers on the ground, has quality size, too. Uh, in order to hang at the power five level around the box. My biggest question mark with Anthony is the top end speed. And maybe he shows it out here today at LSU camp. Maybe they get him on a laser and see how he's running. But to me, his role is going to be primarily as a sniffer, right? Or as, you know, some people call it like the heavy nickel or the hybrid backer or a star. I think his ability 
to run the alley and make plays behind or at the line of scrimmage from the safety position is second to none. He is an absolute monster when it comes to playing around the box. To me, I question the the ability to maybe play as a true center fielder, right, as like a single high free safety. But, man, if if you ask me, can the kid cover tight ends? Can the kid cover running backs? Can he can cover – you know, some sniffers out of the backfield. He can do that, but he can also be an effective player against the run. And essentially he's a, he's an extra linebacker that comes down in the box. Um, But yeah, I think Anthony Robinson, the only thing he's limited by is his top end speed. The football player is immaculate. I'm a huge Anthony Robinson football player fan. Um, But in terms of like NFL projection, you look at upside, The only thing that can hinder him truly is the top end speed. But maybe he comes out here today and shows, you know, he basically shuts me up and is like, hey, man, I I really am in that sub four, six conversation. So I can play deep center field if I need to. So I'm excited to see that today. But, man, the, the football player, truly the football player, the ability to read and diagnose from the back half, second to none. He's an absolute monster of a box player. Last thing on him, I know you you focus primarily on the the scouting portion of things, but you're still as connected as anyone. I know Ole Miss and Notre Dame are kind of out front for him, pushing hard. How does LSU factor into this recruitment? I, we know as as history has shown, you know it's a it's a pacifier state. If you're from Louisiana, yep. you probably grew up an LSU fan. Where uh, where do you think Brian Kelly and that staff are 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 at with him and their recruitment? I think they're asking the same sort of questions I am today, to be honest with you, Zach. I I think their question is, okay, is this going to be a major Burns type player where they say, hey, he's a really physical downhill player, but you have some questions in terms of his ability to cover in the back half of the field. I think if Anthony Robinson can come out here today, can show that he has the top tier athletic ability in in order to play a back half defender and sort of play as a true center fielder that can cover sideline to sideline, I think for them, the ability to say, okay, we already know he checks downfield player. We already know he checks sort of a zone sniffer, like a robber type of player on defense. Can the cat play man against twitched up wide receivers? I think Mm -hmm. today, and especially after this camp, we'll see if they believe he can do that. If they will, I would not be shocked if he left with an offer at LSU today. If they don't believe he does, they'll probably let him pass. So let's get into a couple skill guys that that we got a chance to see in person um, in Austin. And then I'm sure you've seen them in person anyway. But a um, couple wide receivers that Ole Miss is, is after. Let's start with the one that grabbed some headlines earlier this week. J.J. Harrell, the North Panola product, uh, decommitted from Tennessee. Ole Miss is really coming after him hard. Uh, myself and Sam Spiegelman have entered RPM picks for him to end up at Ole Miss. Not sure how imminent that is, but the staff loves him and they have made him a priority. What uh, what do you think about him as a uh, as a prospect at the wide receiver position? Zach, the first word that comes to mind when you talk about JJ Harrell is bouncy. I mean, it's really tough to ignore 
the basketball tape, right? Really good hooper. He can get like he's one of those guys that can go two feet, get up and grab the rim, no problem. And you say that that guy can do that. He's like six feet, five eleven. Like that guy can get up and do that. So bouncy, dynamic, shows some high point ability, thicker build on a shorter cat, right? You know, he's closer to five eleven, but he's got a really thick, athletic frame. I don't think he's going to be long enough to project to X, but I love, 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 love the projection for him to be a Z receiver that you just force feed at the underneath and intermediate levels. He strikes me as a guy that he may not light up the scoreboard or hit a ton of homers, but you'll look up at the stat sheet towards the end of the game and you say, hey, when did JJ get 11 catches for like 95 yards? When did that happen? Um, but I, to me, he just he's a reliable option at the next level and you cannot have too many of those guys. Talk about someone you can't have enough of. We saw him in action in Austin and he, I mean, literally jumped off the field, uh, was hard to ignore Braylon Burnside out of Starkville enemy territory for Ole Miss, but they've had some success there in recent years, snagging Luke Altmeyer, And then of course, AJ Brown, um, Philadelphia Eagles, Pro Bowler, uh, it, it's hard to it's hard to not make the comp of AJ Brown because of the thick build, the physicality, and the route running in the hands. Um, yep. What's your take on on Braylon Burnside? To your, you nailed it on the head again, Zach. I mean, to me, it's one of those deals where you look at the kid. We've been able to, we're lucky enough to be able to see him in person. The vertical ability and you know, the the quote unquote ability to play above the rim is immense when it comes to Braylon Burnside. I think he may have some of the strongest hands that I've personally seen in the entire class. I think you add in the fact that he's also a verified six-foot-plus high jumper, right? That just shows the explosiveness and the ability to play above the rim that is necessary in terms of a red zone threat and the ability to make contested catches, right? Because we know the top-end speed isn't top tier. It's not elite by any means, but his ability to separate with his frame and catch the ball with his hands away from his body is what makes him special last uh name here at the wide receiver position and we're staying inside the state of mississippi uh norell white saw him at the elite 11 regional he put on a show pretty much uncoverable while he was there um you talk about quick twitch fast twitch all the buzzwords yep. that are used in scouting and then um I, probably someone that has a sub two percent body fat on him um, <laughs> just a specimen, but another guy that Ole Miss is trying to flip from Arkansas. And, um, I think they have a good shot at it, but what has been, uh, your take after seeing him, uh, in action? The thing that I love so much about Nareel is, is the versatility, right? You really can use the film is phenomenal. He's a dynamic playmaker when the ball is in his hands he makes defenders miss in a phone booth consistently body type says wide receiver maybe running back but the skill set to me screams get the ball in this kid's hands with the modern offenses and the development of backs catching the ball out of the backfield i see him filling some sort of that you know people sort of call it there's not really a term for it but they call it offensive weapon quote-unquote offensive weapon sort mm -hmm. of filling that role sort of like devonna chain did at texas a&m where you see him line up out of the backfield, you see him line up in the slot, you see him running on sweeps. The idea is I don't care how you give Nareel the football as long as he touches it 15 times minimum a game, I'm okay. If they're all yeah. screen, they're all underneath, if they're all handoffs, I don't care. Get the ball in his hands and let him do what he does. 
That was similar to what they did with Elijah Moore. And actually, I, I do think when he was in college, Elijah Moore put offensive weapon in his Twitter bio. Perfect. But, perfect. It's like he knew. It's like he knew I was going to say it. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, and if you want to turn the clock back a lot further, um, you know, everyone's favorite Houston. Yeah, everyone's favorite say? Houston Nut <laughs> finally figured out, hey, we should probably give this guy the ball 20 times a game. Um no yeah, running back, slot, get him in the return game, all of that. Yeah, I mean, Norell, I think, is going to play quarterback for his uh, for St. Martin High School this year um, just because he's the best player on the field and you just got to give him the football. It's eerily similar, not uh, not similar at all in stature, but um, the senior season for Will Redman, um, the, uh, went to Mississippi State, and then I, I don't know where he is now. He's in the NFL. I th- I sure, think but he, I know you're talking about, yeah. I think he might be with the Packers. I saw him in a playoff game where they just put him at quarterback, and I think he ran the ball like 39 times just yeah, because. I mean, Zach, it's it's not rocket science, man. Give your best players the football <laughs> yeah. and let them do what they do, and make that makes them special, right? It, it's not rocket science. People like to overcomplicate a lot of things and put guys in roles that maybe they don't fit because they say, well, you know, the, the, the numbers say this or whatever. Hey, man, give your best player the football and let them do what makes them special. Let's flip over to uh, the side of the football where the uh, the guys are trying to take the football away or to tackle the <laughs> ones that we have been talking about. Um, two heavy hitters in the uh, Mississippi class of 2024. National recruitments here, big-time offers, big-time programs, won them. Uh, let's start with Jamonte Waller. The uh, I, I mean, he's, he's a linebacker, I think. I, some people are recruiting oh, him as edge. Um I know he's he's going to Penn State this weekend. They're basically selling him to be the next Micah Parsons, which you want to talk right. about big shoes to fill the comp. But no um, kidding. But yeah, <laughs> I, every bit 230, 235, phenomenal Under Armour camp in Atlanta earlier this year. Um, yep. Actually ran drills with the defensive lineman and still showed out. So um, Pete Golding wants him bad. Ole Miss wants him bad. What's your uh, what's your take on Jamonte? I think you nailed it on the head again, Zach. To me, the biggest thing is where does this kid fit? What is your game plan? For defensive guys, I think you just have to have a game plan for when you take a player like this, right? The film, he's primarily lining up as an edge defender, right? A lot of standing up on the ball, on the line of scrimmage, used as a pass rusher, used as an edge defender. So the biggest learning curve that Jamonte is going to have to overcome is the ability to diagnose and trigger to the football from an off-ball position, right? And it's easier said than done, right? Because that's a lot of in-between-the-ears type of stuff where, you you know, it's reps and seeing it a lot and being able to see it multiple, multiple times, especially as a, you know, as an off-ball backer in high school, the live reps just carry a lot of weight. However, there are things that he's getting from being an edge defender and showing up at testing and moving around and all that good stuff that indicates he could have success with that move. And to me, the thing that you point out is the explosiveness, right? The kid not only tested well at the event, he also has over a 20 foot long jump as a 230 pound defensive cat. So that checks out when it comes to power and lower explosiveness, like those things translate to the linebacker position. You talk about stacking and shedding, you talk about, making blockers you know struggle to keep you away from running backs at the next level when blockers come up to block you if you're able to get your hands and shock them 
being a 230-pound backer, that carries a lot of weight. So with Jamonte, I think the idea is can he play as fast as an off-ball defender as quickly as he does as an edge prospect out of high school? I think that's going to be the biggest question mark with Jamonte because if he is, I I would watch out because he's got a real shot to be extremely productive at the next level. Quick aside here, because I have a question. A lot of the offensive guys that we were talking about, they were, you know, the offensive weapon type where it's like, hey, man, just get them on the field and just get them the football. From an amateur scout perspective here, I feel like defense, you can't do that because there there can be some elite athletes, some really good football players. If they are out of position, they just get kind of lost in the wash. Um, yeah. Am I reading that right? Is it like how you were saying where he's got to find the the right fit to succeed? Right. It's To me, it's just so matchup heavy, right? Right. Offenses have the advantage every single time when it comes to matchups because they get to pick and choose who they want on whoever they want. So to me, you're doing yourself a disservice as a defensive coordinator by playing a player at a position where you know they have an Achilles heel. And so being able to identify where a player succeeds and where a player, you know, struggles um, on that side of the ball. Because to me, you see it in some of the bigger games you've ever seen. I mean, Clemson had that big linebacker, uh, what was the last name, Bullware, maybe? Yeah, Ben Bullware, yeah. He was Bulwer, more like yeah. true thumper, right, true thumper inside Mike. I don't remember what national championship game they were playing, but they exposed him. They lined him up on running backs. They lined him up on tight ends that were had that way better – wiggle and ability to separate and you get picked on that way you can have 10 other absolute freak show units on the defensive side of the ball it only takes one bad egg or not even a bad egg right it takes one uh sort of deficiency with one player that can eliminate all the other 10 good players because it only takes one guy to pick on and i think if you put yourself in that position by, you know, allowing yourself, you say, hey, you know, we know he excels at this, this, and this, but this one thing, we'll hope they glance over it. Offensive scheme, guys that really know how to call plays on offense, they'll expose that mismatch. They're not afraid to do it. So having a game plan with these guys, especially coming in, is paramount on the defensive side of the ball. Another guy that uh, you want to talk about, someone that can match up and and make a difference, Camarion Franklin, out of Lake Cormorant, up in DeSoto County. Everybody wants him. Miami, Tennessee, Alabama, Texas A&M. Ole Miss is after him hard. Um, Probably a little bit more of a true defensive lineman. I I don't know. You're you're the expert here. I would say probably more of a strong side (laughs) defensive end because of the size, but – I'm excited to see him in person this fall. What's your uh, what's been your take on seeing him in person and how he's looked? Well, the thing to me that stands out more than anything with Cameron Franklin is the production. I mean, from a film standpoint, the cat almost tallied 20 sacks last year and I think 20 TFLs, and he just lives in the backfield. But to your point, Zach, I also really like the size. He's sort of that tweener body type when it comes to is he an in is he an interior guy he's i think he's sitting close to 265 my biggest issue with him potentially playing on the edge outside is his length he's got i think close to a 65 wingspan and when you talk about some of these defenders that are 63 64 65 that are lining up on the defensive line you're one ideally something closer to a 79 80 81 wingspan so He's got a little bit shorter arms. I think, however, his motor and his burst off the line of scrimmage 
regardless of his arm length, that favors him as an interior defender. So in my opinion, if you can get him sitting closer to 280, 285, which I think with his body type, he can carry that if he needed to, and let him just be a disruptive one-gapping three technique that you just say, hey, man, as soon as that ball snap, fire off and just beat your guy. Beat your guy in front of you. He will live in the backfield at the next level, in my opinion. I think that's where his home is. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta Catfish to Smash Burgers. You can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. Podcast is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide, plush Zoysa Fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up the short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. That's Cherokee Valley golf course in olive branch mississippi show is brought to you by protection unlimited incorporated the mid-south's leader in commercial and residential alarm security wayne lowry and his team have been serving the greater memphis area in north mississippi for 40 plus years and they would love nothing more than to get your business and or family protected today they offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and monitoring 24 7 365 you can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC. Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we are back here. Final segment, not committed with Cody Belair of On3. All right, Cody, this one, this one popped up on my radar last weekend. Um, did not see this one coming. Ole Miss extended an offer early in the process, early in the cycle, I should say. And uh, he quickly pulled the trigger and committed to Florida. But uh, <laughs> you want to talk about someone that has just a intriguing recruitment, not only from a potential flip standpoint, but just from just being just quite the specimen on and off the field. Austin Simmons, the quarterback from uh, now he's at Moorhaven, uh, was previously at Pahokee and then uh, is also an outstanding baseball player. I, I'm not sure if you're privy to this, but um, I saw that that Keith Nyber and Corey Bender at Gators Online were reporting that he was wanting to not only reclassify up a class, but up two classes. Um, I reached out and asked Keith, hey, how is this possible? And I also cross-referenced with my wife, who is in the uh, higher education industry as well. And I was like, how does Elite this... resource right there. That's the strongest <laughs> resources you got. Uh, yeah, I was like, how is this possible? And she pretty much nailed it, but he's already 17 years old. Yep. This dude has a 5.32 GPA, and he is already dual enrolled and has 48 college credits as of today. Yeah, that that I don't I don't want to talk about my... <laughs> GPA at a high school too, too much, but he may have done better in the classroom than I did and confirm he might've just done yeah. a little better than I was in high school. So good for him, you know, really smart, smart cookie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so left Pahokee now, uh, he, he played, uh, baseball and I, I, I could look it up. It doesn't really matter, but played baseball at a different high school. And then now he's at Moorhaven for football for, um, yep. this fall um, very explosive athlete. You got to love a guy that's left-handed and can spin it. I, I've yep. said for years that lefties look better doing a lot of things. Throwing mm -hmm. the football is one of them. When you, when you get a Southpaw that can really spin it, it's fun to watch. Um, very intriguing, uh, top 100 prospect in the 25 class, number four overall quarterback. And then, uh, someone that hit 365, um, at the plate played at true north classical academy in florida a lot of intrigue with the uh with the arm on the mound I, I don't know how big of a draft risk he is but the age plays a factor there where he's looking yep. at uh at, at, a, at a baseball uh career as well but just in general and keeping this on the on the football side of things uh what do you like about austin simmons i mean the the baseball stuff is really hard to ignore right and i think you see it from the baseball stuff to the gridiron, right? The ability to throw from multiple arm slots, that's always been a factor. That There's players that I've been around, sort of like Baron Morton and Garrett Nussmeyer, where the ability to throw from over the top to three-quarter to sidearm to even borderline submarine, like you see that with a lot of these baseball cats because it's innate, right? You've been throwing from multiple arm angles your entire life, and that really stands out when you watch Austin Simmons. Plus... The other bonus that I think you get with Austin Simmons, not only sort of like we were talking with Jamon Williams, right? He can also throw from multiple arm angles. But what Austin can do, even as 
you know, 2025, even though, even though age wise, he's technically a 24, but he might reclassify to a 23. That's a whole conversation in its own. But the thing he can do is push the ball downfield. The ball jumps out of his hand. It's extremely, extremely impressive. But the athleticism shines on tape, man. He's a smooth mover that manipulates the pocket really well. Arm talent's extremely uh, impressive. He's got a little bit of an elongated motion, but he has all the physical and athletic tools to really excel at the next level. The only thing I would point out is the jump two cycles potentially mm-hmm. is not one that historically bodes well for a lot of QB prospects. If you look, um, you know, back even I guess over the last decade, there hasn't been a ton of success stories from guys reclassifying one year i mean let alone two and yeah. to me that jt the daniels comes to mind yeah, i mean no doubt starting quarterback at rice i believe this year which is you know he's <laughs> all over the place talk, talk um, about it talk about education and he's at least no getting doubt. a good degree and hey man good for him that that degree from rice carries weight man so i'm glad he's gonna have that in the bag potentially um but no i mean i the, the thing that kills a lot of that buzz when you talk about all the physical talent and athleticism and stuff you're only going to get two years of, yeah. of Austin Simmons playing quarterback at the high school level and the biggest thing for QBs I believe especially coming out is reps repetition right getting acclimated and having the feel down and being able to sense pressure and all that good stuff now granted he shows a lot of tools that potentially say hey down down the line he will excel However, he's just you're limited. It's just a limited guess. And so I think that could be the only thing where you look back and say, you know, I'm not wishing this upon the kid. But you say, you know, if it doesn't pan out, it's the obvious thing you point at and say, well, that was it. You know, he, he didn't get all the reps he needed coming out of high school. He jumped the gun right. too early. So I think it's just, it just makes it clearer to sort of point at what the issue was. However, if the kid, you know, feels good and he it sounds like he's a smart kid and love the athleticism you allow him to you know he's not coming in 2023 and expected to play year one right he's gonna have time to sit develop learn the game and really focus on football at an extremely high level probably for the first time in his career so there's a lot of upside there there's a lot of oh no the floor can be a lot lower now that he's reclassifying but either way we want to steer optimistic and i think if he's a good egg and he's quality between the ears, the arm talent's there, the athleticism there. Maybe this is the best thing for him. Well, we talk about in the classroom, and you know that. And now I'm not knocking the kid, so don't get me wrong. There's book smart and there's street smart. No and question. Doesn't always doesn't always, you know, it doesn't always transition over. You know, there's 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 common sense and, and all of that. You you Absolutely. have to think that because of the intelligence that he obviously clearly has, if he's wanting to jump not one but two, there's probably some some honesty and and you know having some 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 uh you know some self care conversations there where he's 100%. like, all right, I have to know going in how young I am and how yeah you mentioned the lack of reps if he is wanting to flip somewhere or just in general, just move up that, that much, Mm -hmm. he has to be honest with himself and say, I'm not going to be ready for at least a year or two. No question. And And I think if if you're smart enough to pull the trigger on that, you have to have have that wherewithal and that forethought to say, you know, exactly like you said, Zach, 
I know you have to have a game plan going into this. He's mm-hmm. not making this decision off the seat of his pants, just saying like, hey, you know what? It sounds good. Let's do it. There's no way. There has to be so much forethought right. into this. And like you said, sounds like a smart kid. He seems like he's in a really good situation. There's no way this is coming out of a non-educated opinion. This has to be a very well thought out thought process when it came to pulling the trigger on this. Yeah, because it's a it's a it's a big move. Obviously, you're you're choosing where you want to go play college football and college baseball, but jumping that big um, of a gap is is certainly a big decision. Um, and and normally you would say, okay, he wants to play both sports. Let's look at each each school and, and compare programs. But both Florida and Ole Miss are both elite SEC baseball programs, so there's really no nothing really tips one way or the other there. Yeah, absolutely. He's making the most out of two really good choices. Yeah. Um, last thing here on 20, 2025, we, uh, another guy we saw in Austin, and you've seen a good bit of him. I've seen a good bit of him now. Saw him at the Elite 11 Regional in Oxford. Deuce Knight kind of announced his, you, you know, his, his presence at the OT7 Regional in Austin. Um, yep. Really played well, and you want to talk about a dude that tested well. Um, 40 plus inch vertical at the, re- at the elite 11 regional ran a laser four five. I joked with him and said that the wind was blowing in the direction they were running. So I asked him <laughs> if it was a wind aided and and he said, no, it was, it was legit. Um, yeah, he's, he's a big name now, Tennessee, Notre, Notre Dame, um, Ole Miss is on him. Um, Georgia's kind of lingering, hiding in the bushes a little bit. Um, what's your, what's your take on, uh, on him? Another lefty quarterback here. Yeah, and and another guy I get the pleasure of seeing in person again, I believe, today as well at LSU camp. But no, okay. to your point, Zach, I mean, we got to see him live when we connected in uh, Austin at the OT7 tournament. Obviously, the first thing you notice is off the bus, right? You go, oh, Lord, look oh, yeah. at this boy. Like, I mean, he is beautiful-looking kid, has the frame to add so much weight, and obviously the sexy name to throw in now is a comp just off the rip, right? Anthony Richardson, big bodied, big, strong arm kid. That's athletic as hell. I mean, it's the immediate comp you want to make to the guy. However, there are things that come with that, right? Anthony Mm. Richardson wasn't the most polished prospect coming out of high school. I mean, damn, he wasn't the most polished prospect coming out of college either. So there is some stuff to that in terms of deuce. We saw him live. The arm talent is there. The ability to have the ball jump out of his hand is there. Are there some accuracy issues? Sure. Is there some consistency issues? Maybe. But that will come with time for him. He's still a young cat. Got a lot of football left ahead of him. But the thing that you always point to, especially with younger quarterbacks that have athleticism and have the arm strength and the physical tools, it's upside. The upside is oozing from Deuce. And I think the as, as, he, as he continues to clean up the motion, get a little more consistent with his ball placement, He's only going to continue to rise up the rankings and he's going to be one of the, you know, higher potential prospects probably in that entire cycle. I like to call him uh, Thanos Pat White. <laughs> Pat you should White. patent that. You should trademark that. That's really strong. I really like that one. Because <laughs> Pat, Pat White probably wished he was as big as Deuce Knight. Um, 100%. But yeah, I mean, he just, might still be in the league at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 when I saw him run the forty, I kind of looked around at other people to see, like, did y'all see that? Um, right, because it was effortless. And yeah, I mean, he, like you said, he, he's still young. I think he's going to continue to get better, and he's doing, in my opinion, he's doing himself 
the the service of he's getting out and competing at camps. He's going to to different schools and getting as much feedback and as much coaching as he can get. Because look, I I don't think I'm talking out of turn here to you know where he plays high school football is not the best competition. So right. he's going to be the best player on the field every single Friday night. So he's doing himself a service of going out, getting in front of guys like you and um, Charles Power and the rest of the folks in the industry and, and letting them see him. And then, like you said, he's going to be at LSU today. He'll get out there in front of Brian Kelly and the rest of that staff, and they'll give him some good feedback. So I think that's going to help him um, just continue to get better. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. I mean, to your point, too, Zach, like I got to talk to him a little bit post seven on seven and stuff like that. And the kid, to your point, right, he, he is also aware of, hey, man, I'm coming out to all these camps and I'm getting a lot of these reps because it's it's making me better. Yeah, I might mm-hmm. have struggled with some ball placement. Yeah, I may have thrown a cute couple bad passes. He's learning from that. He's not kicking himself for it. So every time I've seen him and every time and when you talk to him, you just get the sense that he gets it. And that's one of those innate traits that quarterbacks have to have in terms of saying, hey, I'm constantly working on myself. I'm constantly working on getting better. I'm constantly developing. And for him to say that as a 16-year-old kid, right, is extremely impressive. And I think it'll carry him a long way. Last thing here, I can't let you go without talking about the Twitch channel. Cody oh, recruits. Dude, love it. Um, okay. So as someone who is a staunch defender and, uh, at this point I could probably freelance or at least get a side gig with the chamber of commerce in El Paso. (laughs) Why did you pick UTEP and, uh, how did this all kind of start? Yeah, man. Okay. So I I chose UTEP because, you know, with the roster update and college football revamped existing, there's, I, I wanted to give myself a challenge and it's no offense to UTEP. Zero offense to UTEP and the fans and the players, whatever. They, they were one of the lowest rated teams. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were the only team located in the state of Texas. And, you know, with my background, having worked for A&M Baylor and Texas Tech and being right neighbors across the street with Texas at LSU, I, I have sort of a comfortability with Texas and Louisiana in the South recruiting. So I told myself, hey, let's try and make UTEP great. Let's turn them into a powerhouse. And so they're a one-star program, and the thought process of turning a one-star into a six-star program was exciting to me. So I said, you know what? We know the recruiting base. We can turn this thing around. Let's do it. So that's why I went UTEP. But, yeah, this thing really turned because, you know, it's something that I can say and I have experience in that not a lot of other people do, right? I've worked around college football and the player personnel and scouting departments for the last eight years, and it's just something that I, I have a love for video games. So I said, well, if I can put those together and talk to my friends and build a community around it, why not? So that's sort of where it all came to be. And I, I can't tell you how excited I am for the new EA Sports College football game to come out. You know, I, I just oh. I'm looking forward to it so, so badly. And it, I there was just this itch that I could not scratch. And I said, you know what? We're putting NCAA 14 in. We're going to kick the stream on, and we're just going to see what happens. So that's sort of how it all began, and I appreciate you bringing it up. That's hilarious. I I love, love, love that you tune in, and I love that you support the channel. It's just – it's been really fun, flat-out fun. I've just really enjoyed it. If I was savvy enough to figure out Twitch, and if I still had the game, um, probably one of (laughs) – this is – 
this is so sad to say out loud on a recorded <laughs> podcast, but probably one of my biggest regrets ever in life was selling my Xbox 360. Um, oh, dude, you're not. Hey, you're preaching to the choir on that. You know what I mean? Like, if there's anyone that will listen to you and not shame you for that, it's me. <laughs> I'm fully here for it. And I'm a phone yeah. call away from a Twitch setup standpoint. That's easy. We can get that done immediately. But I mean, I, I'm right there with you, man. I, I've grown up playing video games and it's sort of like our generation that's really grown. And like, I, dude, I remember I got my first Nintendo 64 when I was like seven years old. Mm. And from then I played Pokemon Stadium until the freaking controller broke. And then from oh, that man. point, it just kept, it just grew with me and turns to Call of Duty. And then I, I'm a FIFA connoisseur. So like, that's the game I really like to play. So video games have just become so integral in my upbringing and in my life. Like that's my hobby. Like, so if I can blend my hoggy, my hoggy, my hobby with my profession, I mean, yeah. it doesn't get better than that. That's <laughs> so the dream. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I, well, I mean, tell us, how's it going? How, I, what, what year are you with UTEP at this point? Um, and uh, what's the, uh, what's the state of the program? Well, so with UTEP, right? So the, the idea for the stream is that we stream Tuesday nights, uh, 11.30 PM central to 4 AM central standard time and <laughs> Thursday, 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, all the way to 4 a.m. again, Central Standard Time. The Tuesday stream is with UTEP. We are in year three, about week eight, week nine. You know, first season, we went, I believe it was 12-1 and one with a bowl win, which was solid. Okay. Um, year two, we went to the national championship, and we lost to the Ohio State Buckeyes, unfortunately, mm. and the national title game, which is a real bummer. But year three, we didn't start off so great. We lost to Oklahoma State. We lost to, uh, I think it was Tulane as well. So we're, I think we're at like seven and two, eight and six and two right now, something like that. So down year, but we're rebuilding. So we're going to get back there. And on the Thursday stream, we so Tuesday we do strictly gameplay, right? We play the games, we recruit, mm -hmm. all that good stuff. Thursday we're recruiting only, no games being played. The idea is to build a one-star team all the way to a powerhouse. We also started with UTEP on that stream, but we ended up getting fired after three years, which was tough. <laughs> so we've <laughs> recently pivoted to Southern Miss. So Southern Miss Golden Eagles on the Thursday recruiting stream. So that's sort of where okay. we're at there, and we we literally have played one game, I think. We lost, not ideal, but that's sort of where we're at over there. So if you're into that sort of thing, come and stop by. What, um, so I have to ask, are you playing on Heisman difficulty? Yes. Okay. I am right. indeed. Heisman difficulty for, I think, gameplay and recruiting. I, I mean, technically I don't play the games on the recruiting stream. We just sim it, but the difficult, all the sliders, all the difficulty, that's all the way up or whatever the max I can do is all the way up. On yeah. That. That's probably the only way to make it realistic, right? No doubt. To me, I think so. And I mean, it's a video game, right? So it's always going to be, you know, a little cartoony, a little arcadey. But I mean, when you talk about the, the football game world right now and with Madden and what they've done to the franchise, I mean, since this game came out, the latest NCAA is 2014. And it's such a pristine game. You go pick that thing up, you'll feel like it's like riding a bike. You're like, oh, I know all this feels right. The player movements feel right. Everything's good. And then you play Madden now, and it's just so animation heavy. The The focus isn't in the gameplay anymore. It's so much on the content. And I get it. They're making yeah. really good money off of it. But, gosh, the gamer wow. in me and the person that's nostalgic for good gameplay, it's just not there right now. So I really hope they go back to their roots with this latest college football title. 
Yeah, the AI got a little ridiculous with Madden, and oh, now 100%. I don't play it a lot. Like, and when I say I don't play it a lot, I mean I might play it twice a year. Um, <laughs> I just always felt with Madden, the game was almost always going to be close, no matter what. Yeah. Yep. Like that you, you basically have to. Yeah, you have to play someone that's just absolutely horrible to blow them out. Like the game is yeah. almost rigged to where it's always going to be a fourth quarter game. Yep. They're, the game's trying to beat you. They know that. I mean, that's how it's always been with EA. I feel like that's how it is in FIFA. That's how it is in Madden. That's how it is. Oh. And even the old NCAA, it's the same way. You call it that EA cheese, man. They're going to make you chase after it for a little bit. It's never going to be an easy win. So that yeah. checks out completely. <laughs> uh, last question. Have you actually been to El Paso before? Dude, I have not, but I will say I've talked to a couple of my moderators from the Twitch channel, and we're trying to see if we can get a little UTEP uh, LaTeX action. I believe it's like late September, early October. It's a Friday okay. night. I am doing my very best to make it to El, uh, to El Paso and see if I can go see the UTEP miners with my own eyeballs. And, dude, the fun thing I learned, right, is I believe they have – it's called the Party Patio – which yes. new to me, haven't been in the Sun Bowl, it's 20 bucks, and you're on the field level with your own bar. That doesn't yeah. sound bad at all. I'm going to have to take a visit for sure. I was going to say, if you can't go to the game, I, I can neither confirm nor deny that it is very easy to sneak into Sun Bowl Stadium. Um, <laughs> you can, I, I've been told, sources a strong source sure. close strong to source. the Sun Bowl. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, I have to recommend... Uh, if and when you do, you have to go to L&J Cafe. Um, Perfect. It's an institution. I think it was back in the 20s when it opened. Um, just classic, you know, really good chili de arbol salsa, cold Ugh. beer. Um, the tacos are phenomenal. And then kind of another. Think, just keep singing. Keep singing, baby. <laughs> another mm -hmm. place there where you're thinking El Paso, you're thinking Tex-Mex, you're thinking like really authentic Mexican yeah. food, yep. probably one of the better meals I ever had there was at Hoppy Monk. It's a uh, gastro pub. They okay. do have Tex-Mex, but they also do American fare as well. Very modernized American fare. Great. So up yeah. upscale food, but tons of televisions, a lot of beer. Um, I, the ribeye sandwich, I got it every time. And then they had these um, salsa maca Brussels sprouts that were just, sure. uh, you, you could eat like four pans of it. Um, uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, You've seen me, Zach. It, my body type, my body type doesn't exactly scream healthy, so I'm probably going to try out all of these <laughs> venues just for research. You know, just for strong research. So yeah, I, I, I will gladly take you up on that. R and D for for on three and, and traveling out to to exactly. West Texas. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I love El Paso, and in a past life for work, I went there a lot. And dude, the airport is fantastic. It's small, but I mean, you have the amenities. Like getting in and out of security super quick and easy. All the gates are nice. And then once you get into the city of El Paso, it, it's a college town. Um, yeah. It's right there by the border, which is very cool to see like the massive, probably like 400 foot across Mexican flag that's flying. Sure. It's super cool to see and just wild to see like, oh, that's another country. Yeah. Like, oh, it's right, right there. there. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's uh, crazy. I mean, dude, to your point, like when we were at Texas Tech, right? I mean, basically we treated West Texas like its own state. So, you know, we broke it right. off into regions and certain coaches had to go on the road to certain places, whatever. Anytime we sent a coach to El Paso, the report coming back was like, guys, that place kind of rules. 
it, and you're it like, really oh, does. Really? And they're like, dude, it's it's great. And so I was like, well, that's a solid review. Like, I really might have to go out there. I mean, yeah, it's like that desert mountain vibe that you get like in Scottsdale or yeah. you know, out there like that. Um, yeah, like at night, the weather is just outstanding. Um, nice and cool. Uh, you know, during the day, it's you know, it's Texas, so it's dry and it's hot. But um, yeah, El Paso, man, send the check. Chamber of Commerce, hit me yeah, up. I, I love it. I love it. I love the sound of that, dude. You're selling me. I'm already in love with it. I've grown this affinity for El Paso and UTEP and all that stuff. You're just you're just hammering the nail in at this point. It's just in, it's in it's in. All right, Cody, I, I can't thank you enough, man. This has been this has been a lot of fun, and I mean, you know, one of the more extensive scouting and recruiting type podcast we've done um we'll do it again uh this has been fun as as you know i say it all the time recruiting never stops um, no question so we will have plenty to talk about in the uh the coming months so uh before i let you go tell everybody where they can find you and, and definitely make sure to plug the uh the twitch channel <laughs> and all that well you can find me on twitter at cody belair c-o-d-y-b-e-l-l-a-i-r-e and the Twitch is twitch.tv slash Cody Recruits. Uh, again, Tuesday, Thursday nights, pop on in. Tell me, let me know that Zach sent you, man. He's a good buddy of mine. I love him to death. And uh, it's been an absolute treat today, my friend. Please do not be a stranger. I love this, man. It was, it was an absolute blast. Yeah, man. Really appreciate the time. I know you're as busy as anyone in the industry. So uh, always fun to chat and we'll do it again soon. Thanks to Cody. Thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. And, of course, thank you to the sponsors that make this show possible. We'll be back next week. More recruiting coverage. Stay locked in. OMSpirit.com, part of On3, wall-to-wall. More official visitors this weekend, more camps, and uh, probably some commitments coming. So hang tight at the site. For Cody over there, I'm Zach. This has been Not Committed. We out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.